fun. Yeah, I just put my order in, it's stupid hard, isn't it? Well, I hadn't realised we had to pre order. Well, so I was trying to get people to do it. No, so it makes sense. But everyone has done it. I'm like, oh, okay. okay. <laughs> Doesn't matter if we're 10 minutes late. Yeah. Yes, they're coming over to Sue's birthday in a week's time. Sue will be 60 in a couple of weeks' time. They're coming over to the island. They've been in America for the last three months, I think, since June. And he sold his business. No, his business was on the island and they had a home in America. And they've gone out there for two or three months. And, um, did she come over? Oh, good, yeah. good. Oh, she's, she's very much into uh, understanding all this. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because she'd often text me and say, Tell me what this is about. Yeah, tell me what this is about. Uh, and I'm trying to best that I can interpret, you know. No, Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not wearing my shorts today, so uh, I've come slightly better prepared in case Lawrence asked me to stand up and do something, which he has. So here we are. Um, I'm here this afternoon to introduce Brian, but I just want to start off by finishing from the last session. Um, <clears throat> a couple of days ago, I watched a film called 13 Lives. It's on Netflix. Uh, no, it's not on Netflix. It's on Prime. Um, and it's a true story about the 13 people that were trapped in the cave in Thailand. Oh, yeah. And <clears throat> I couldn't else but sit on the edge of my seat and watch this film. It just captivated me because of the truth of the story, but about the hope and the faith those 13, well, 12 boys and their teacher had inside that cave. And they were seven hours getting to them and seven hours getting back to the surface. And they were there for 14 or 15 days before they were found. And the story is such captivating. But their faith, they sat in a circle and meditated. And, you know, when um, Mark was just saying about the different faiths and the different sort of structures of how people look at their lives and their, their way of believing, you know, the Thai religion is a different religion to our religion, but they all have that similar link of, you know, hope. And on that note, I'd like to introduce a very good friend who has become part of my life now because <coughs> I was asked, well, I was told twice by two separate mediums when I used to live on the Isle of Wight that I should do trance healing. And when I heard that Lawrence was inviting Brian to come and do trans healing here. I came along and did a course, I've done a couple of courses and I know there's a few of us in here who've done it with him. 
and he has made a huge difference to my healing uh, in terms of my development in healing. So I'm going to hand over to Brian to tell you all about trans healing. Thank you. <coughs> Thank you. Good afternoon. Uh, my name is Brian Walker and I retired eight years ago to work full time as a healer. Um, I started trans healing about 10 years ago but actually came into the healing 17 years ago and I never wanted to be a healer, never in any shape or form wanted to even be spiritual. Um, I had a hell of a life and I became an engineer where everything had to fit and at 29 I met my future mother, well she was my mother-in-law and she says, you're going to do what I do. And at the time I thought she was on day release. <laughs> she spoke to dead people. She trusted them and things happened around her. And I thought, she's one step away from a padded cell. And she said, you're going to do this exactly as I do. She says, you're going to do healing and you're going to do mediumship. And I went, no way. I said, when's all this going to happen? Because I've still got a couple of years to do in my career. And she went, as soon as you get rid of her, my her daughter. I'd only married her six weeks before. <laughs> and I thought, that is great. But she says, you will have a life and then you will become single. And this is when spirit will take you. And I thought, you're definitely dreaming. <clears throat> I was interested in the spiritual side. I'd read a book, The Third Eye, by Tuesday Love Sam Ramper, and I ended up reading a full series. And started astral traveling and things like just as experiments but I was a bit of a sod at the same time then 30 years later I did separate and I took a year to find myself and I was so messed up I knew I needed healing but I didn't know how to get it so I took a year and I just fished worked fished and slept and during the times when I was fishing I was out in nature, I was by lakes. I used to have out-of-body experiences. And I thought, I've got to get this chased. So after a year, I went to the Temple of Spiritualism at Portsmouth. And I thought, I'll get answers there. And my God, everything resonated. But it was to be a medium. And I started doing the medium. I started uh, doing the development all about mediumship <coughs> and yet every time a medium came and gave a message say why aren't you healing and I go let me learn one thing at a time I don't want to be a jack of all trades and after a few years a couple of years I was getting ready to start doing platform and this particular trans medium that I know in Portsmouth came to me this Sunday and he may I come to you and he says why aren't you trans healing and working with animals and I thought he's filling in. So I said, I'll take it anyway. And I went home and I said, Spirit, if I'm meant to heal, give me the sign. <coughs> and I went to bed, nothing. Got up in the morning, nothing. Went to work all day, nothing. And that night I went to my development circle and a new girl joined. When it came to the mediumship bit, she says, Can I come to you? She says, Why do they tell me you should be healing and doing trance? And I went, I can take that. So I applied and I papers through to become a trainee healer and I still didn't understand what it was about and gives a healing leader my papers my acceptance form 
and she said, I want you to give me a 15 minute heal. I'm just going to sit on the bed. And I was in the healing room and she sat there and I'm, she said, tell me what you're doing in a minute. And she went, you're running out of time. <laughs> and I thought, good God. Well, I didn't use that word at the time, but I went, Spirit, if you want me to heal, you better do it. And I just instinctively put my hands on her shoulders. And my hands <coughs> went on fire. And I went all tingly, buzzy and everything. And at the end of it, she says, sit there, I'm going to bring somebody else in. So she brought somebody else in and says, give her a full healing, 20 minute healing. And I thought, who's going to tell me what to do? And nobody told me, so again, I'd just done what I'd seen everybody else doing. We started walking around the bed, touching the body, going, you better be working. And when she got up, they went and had a conference. And they took me out and says, you are a healer. Put a coat on. And they started letting me deal with people. And I'm thinking, where's it coming from? And it must have been about four or five months before I learned about grounding, protection. And I realised it came from Creator. But I didn't know how it was getting to me. And then I started really studying. I became so interested. But after about half a dozen heels, I didn't want to do mediumship again. I said, this is what I want to do. The satisfaction of seeing people changing. And the more I studied, straight away I went and studied Reiki because people talked about it, but it's not supposed to be any good. But if people are benefiting from it, how is it not any good? So I went and done it. And from my opinion, I didn't see anything different from what I was doing. So I went away and I studied theta healing for three years. And guess what? It's the same energy. And I'd done all these different healing modalities just to prove to myself where it was coming from. And I learned it was comes from the heart. <coughs> healing is given unconditional love with an intention connected to spirit. We're all capable of doing it without even thinking about it. It's how far do you want to take it? And over the years, I become really dedicated to it. And people were queuing up saying, can I, can I have you as a healer? No, and it causes jealousy because people are around you seeing that everybody's favouring you. And I didn't <coughs> see what it was about because to me, I was just healing people. And then this same medium that told me to become a healer, he came in for healing one day and I was healing him. And I'd done the healing and he says to me afterwards, come here to whisper in your ear. He said, have you heard of Harry Edwards? And I said, yeah, I've read his books. He said, well, I had a friend a few years ago who was an amazing psychic surgeon. But when I came round here, Harry Edwards was one side of you and my friend was the other. You were doing psychic surgery. And I went, don't be so stupid. He says, you were. I just thought I was going deeper. I was allowing myself to go more into it. And this started happening, and then I got warned. The particular place where I was learning, you're not allowed to do trans healing. And I said, I'm not trans healing. I'm just allowing spirit to do what they want. They know what's needed. And they said, if you do that, we'll take away your status. So I resigned. And I, I broke my heart because I thought, I'm never going to be able to have that experience again. And spirit says, we will bring them to you. And every week, they used to bring me 10 people. 
I used to have 10 appointments and I didn't even look for them. <coughs> but the more and more I'd done, the more it was expanding. And then I started recognising the different energies coming into me and miracles were happening. And I also sit in trance and there was one night I was sitting in trance and Spirit says to me, you've read your Bible many times as a youngster. And I went, yeah. And he said, well, everything that happened in the Bible, everything that's written in the Bible happened, but it was wrongly written. But just remember, you are God. You're part of God. You're part of Jesus and everything. So if you believe anything that God or Jesus can do, you're capable of doing it if you have that belief. And it changed my philosophy in life there and then. Because I understand we're all energy. Every one of us is just energy vibrating. The same as this lectern is energy. But it's vibrating at a different level from us. So energy cannot be disposed of. It can be broken. But we can move within it. And we've all got an energy around us. And what I've found is if I think of someone... I can go into their energy so I can send that healing or I can be there and do the healing and the same as when we're putting hands on somebody we connect with it we go into their energy we become part of them and we send the unconditional love and the spiritual connection into it and miracles happen and now when when it came to lockdowns I thought, how are we going to do it? I had to shut my centre, I'd opened a, a healing centre, I had to close it and everything. No one was allowed to come in. <coughs> and the spirit says to me, we're in an age of technology, use it. I thought, how can you use technology to heal people? Because to me it was a very much hands-on, I'd just sit and think of them. And sure as God, two days later a woman phones up, can you help me? I've, got, I've had a serious accident. Five years ago, my shoulder, my elbow, and my wrists are gone. But I think you might be able to help me. And I went, well, the healing centre's gone, but I'll tell you what, let's try something on the phone. So we FaceTimed. And I'm looking at her while I'm doing the healing. I connected, I'm doing the healing, and all of a sudden, her shoulder started moving. And she says to me, that's amazing, the shoulder's moving. It's sore, but it's moving. I said, that's all right, it's just a bit of trauma. If you feel the pain, there's something changing. And sure as God, next morning, I've got my elbow, I can swing it, I can do everything. And over a period of three weeks, we get the elbow, we get the shoulder, and we get the wrist all working again. And I thought, well, this is the future. This is something else to give me. I still do hands-on healing, but now I'm finding I'm healing doing psychic surgery all over the world and it's amazing because I can be speaking to them on Zoom or on WhatsApp and they can feel my hands inside the, uh, not my hands, but they feel the hands inside the body. They're feeling touches around them and this convinces me spirit are they working through you and spirit are as physical as we are. They are there. And many years ago, when I just started this, my sister had a 
church up in Scotland and one of her circle members was a bit worried. She thought she was going into trans doing makeup. And she says, Will you come up? When you come up, will you have a word with her? And I said, Let's do a trans workshop. So we've done it, and this girl's there, and I sat in the chair. She was going to be the first one to go on there, and I talked her down into it. And the next minute, her guide started speaking. And he gave everyone a bit of a message, and then he says to me, You're going to have a new guide, and his name is Aka. And I said, oh yeah, and he says, he's going to meet you soon. And I went, yeah, okay, and I'm thinking it's going to be a meditation. And you're going to have another guide, and his name is Erko. And you will know him because he will be the one who works with you when you do your first throat cancer. And I thought, I've never done a throat cancer. So anyway, he kept coming back, and he says, Erko is so waiting to meet you. And I said, yeah, it'll be nice. And the next minute the energy changed and Aka manifested, sat in the chair where that young 26-year-old girl was. Now the seven of us all had were chins on the floor. <laughs> if you've ever seen a 300-year-old Indian sitting there, with the hair down here, he was a massive man when he was living, but as a 300-year-old man, he was frail, his hair was long but thin. And I'm looking at him and I can't believe this. And he started telling me about how he was working with me. His life as a Native American medicine man. And how he gave me my life all the way back to Atlantis. And he confirmed things that I'd already known. And this is all part of the healing. The part of getting me to believe. And he'd done this, we met, he just changed energies and everything. And this young girl, after we finished, came around and she went, did anything happen? <laughs> I was like a nut job. Over the manifestation, you saying, did anything happen? But from there it taught me, let's just follow spirit. Let them guide us. Now, I never question anything. When I go to heal, I even prefer not to know what's wrong with people because my human head will interfere. And when spirit comes through, I have quite a collection of surgeons and doctors, healers that work with me, my team as I call them. And what we don't realize is up in spirit, we've got a full team of medical, the same as you'd have in a hospital. All it takes is to ask. When I get someone that is really nervous and panicking, I asked for a niece to come and it knocks them out. And you can then get into the healing. Um, if somebody is so emotional, I will ask for another deity to come through and help. I interfere that way. But otherwise I step back and allow spirit to come right in. And because of that, I don't see what's happening. I don't, I feel things. But I don't see it, so they've kept the words. They never let me see blood, gore, and guts. It's something I asked for right from the start. I will do this as long as I don't see any of that. 17 years later, I still haven't seen it. But if there's something sinister, they let me feel it. But it's from my knowledge, not anyone else's. And this is it. And they've taken me all over. And I've learned so much with healing that we're all capable of doing it. And it's a great privilege to do it. And the thing is, we've got to learn to trust and believe. Believe in yourself. 
Now, I can't even believe the gifts of God because of the upstart, the start up in life I had. I was really desperate. I wanted to die from the age of seven. And I'm writing my book at the moment. It's called My Memories because I don't want to write it as a journal. And as I'm reading the chapters, and I read back to some of the memories, and now, as I'm reading it back, educated, I can see where spirit were healing me in so many different ways. At seven year old, I wanted to literally destroy my life. And suddenly they gave me a, a dog that was going to be put down and a baby rabbit. And they became my sole purpose in life. They were worth more than me. And I actually put my life in the line rather than see anything come to them. But what an incentive they gave me to keep going. And as I look through different things in life, they've done all these things to give me the strength. And as I look back, most of the people I heal now are perhaps mirror images of what I've been through, so you can be more help. And this is it, in healing we're all capable of doing it. We've done it as parents. When your children were running down the road, they fell over and skinned their knees and screamed like banshees. You pick them up, kiss their knee better, no, mummy will kiss it better, daddy will kiss it better. The crying stops, you put them down and they've forgotten about it. That is unconditional love. That is what healing is. And we're all capable of doing it to a degree. And it's how much you want to give into it that you take it further. Um, you also say you can never heal your own. Well, eight years ago my daughter was run over at 45 mile an hour. And I was on scene within two minutes. And I looked at a wax model lying on the road. And all of a sudden, I seen all this energy around her, and I just put my hand through it. I knew I had to grab her hand. And the next thing, I'm holding her hand, my mind was elsewhere, I was just panicking with it. And then I hear, Don't let me go, Dad. And I held that hand right through to the hospital. And she was a non believer, she thought I was mad. But the next moment, I went to see her in the accident emergency up in the ICU unit. Dad, see that stuff you talk about, it's real. And I says, what do you mean? She says, my car hit me. I felt all the bones smashing up that side. And as I'm flying through the air, I seen bits of my life. She says, and then just before I hit the road, a voice says to me, you're not going to die. She says, then I landed and felt the other bones breaking, but I relaxed. She says, the next thing I seen was your hand coming through a mist and holding me. She says, I knew as long as I held on to you, I was all right. And she's lived, but she's got some disabilities. But that was my unconditional love for my child um, that helped bring it. And that's all healing's about, is giving that unconditional love. And we do it to people every day without even thinking. No, we see people in the cars. No, bless them. That's all you need to say, bless them. And that intention goes to them. It's not always about getting on a bed and slapping them on a healing bed and putting your hands on or putting your hands on their shoulder. I do it to people. I've done it in pubs, I've done it in taxis. Just put my hand on them. Just take the hand. I've done it in a restaurant or a cafeteria. I've been sitting talking to somebody. 
broken, just take the hand and it's all right. People just think they're patting their arms. But you give the most amazing healing. And it doesn't matter what we call it. You hear people saying Reiki's this, Reiki's that. This type of healing's wrong, that's wrong. No, it's not. As I say, if somebody's hitting you in the head with a feather, tapping your head with a feather and you're feeling good, that's healing. It's good. If it's making someone feel better, but the depths you can go to, you can take it, you can literally turn their lives around. Um, since I started doing the transurgery, I have had cancer tumours removed from body, inside body, outside body. I've had spines put back. And these are all things that I've never learned anything about that. This is just me trusting spirit to come and work through me. And it is, it's, we're all capable of doing it. And now they say you've got to teach it. Because the way the world is now, we need healers. Everyone needs healing. But the first time I met my mother-in-law, and she said, I want you to do your healing. I went, I don't need healing, there's nothing wrong with me. But she knocked me out for 45 minutes, and I felt fantastic after it. <coughs> so you see, we don't always realize it's emotional as well as mental, as well as physical. Any questions so far on anything? Yep. I know my What does that tell you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what I would say then is... Somebody needs to open the Yes. Um, well, this is one of the things I do is I hold workshops on energy healing. I call it energy healing. And it opens people up to learn how to contact with a, a trans surgeon or the, the main healers, the main guides. And once you've done it a few times, it's amazing how you gain that confidence to call on them, to connect with them, and take it forward. We are all capable of doing it. I've just been away for three days in Wales to do experimental transurgery with another transurgeon. He's a homeopathic consultant. He's an amazing man, but he's a commercial man. It's Let's just say Kishan and Co. And Co. And we've done 26 healings in two days. 22 of them were utter miracles. And at the end of it, we're sitting down with all the feedbacks and everything, and we're analysing it. He said, Brian, I couldn't work with you. I couldn't do what you do. That's why not. You've been working alongside me. We've been working together. Why couldn't you do it? It's because you heal everybody that comes to you. He says, people apply to me for healing. And I monitor it. And I think, well, his attitude's wrong. I'm not doing him. I can do the healing and he's not going to change. So what's the point of wasting the energy? 
So I only take the ones that I think I'm going to get a result with. And that's just, but the difference is I work for Spirit, not Kishan Incorporated. I says, so anyone that Spirit brings to me, I get the healing. I'm not there to question or judge. I'm there to get the healing. I says, and God forbid, while you're judging, you'll never be a great healer. You will stay doing what you're doing. I says, but that's why you can never work with me. Because you want to work for a company that's materially based. I do it for spiritual. I'm employed by spirit. End of story. Like, I work in a restaurant. When people come to the door. I've got to feed them. It's what I'm there to do. It doesn't matter where they're from or what they do. I'm there to do it. And that is the difference. When you can accept it without the judgment. Because when we judge, we're really blocking ourselves. Um... Looking at me now, I'm a reasonable fella. 18, I was a total alcoholic. Two and a half litres of gin a day, seven days a week. Um, if anything wasn't tied down, I moved it. Uh, so I wasn't a desirable person. And I look at me now, a totally changed person. My kids don't even recognise me today, you know. But it's changed my whole life. And it's also changed my attitude to life. And that's what healing can do for you. It doesn't only change you, but when you change other people, that changes you as well. So use that, find a course that's coming up, but also look at who's teaching. Because a lot of people are in it for the money, which affects it. But if it's someone that's working from the heart, you will get guided to where you're going. The best place is here. We're, it's not going to cost you a fortune, but you're going to get the right guidance taken along the proper way. Yeah. Thank you. If I could just interrupt it. <coughs> oh, and that's involved my life itself. Yeah. If you want to come to this church on a, every second Monday of the month, we, we have a healing session yeah. and a healing team here. You're more than welcome to come and join us and, and see what we do. Yeah. So, um, nothing. Exactly. So tomorrow night we'll, we'll be here. Yeah. See, and everything can be healed. Um, see, my philosophy is God made us. If God made us, he knows how every part works. He knows exactly well, the right measurements. But there's the embuggerance factor the human. We break ourselves by the way we live, what we eat, what we do, our hobbies and things like that, everything that breaks up the body. Also by the people we're around, the negative people that put things on us. Now if God made us and we break it, God can fix it if it's meant to be fixed. The only things you can't fix are life's lessons. But everything else I believe can be fixed and impossible to me means I am possible impossible is I am possible I always believe there's a cure if there's not a cure there will be in another way there'll be some assistance we might not like at the moment I'm dealing with a lot of cancer people I know they're going to pass with it but it's amazing how it's took away fear it's amazing how it's changed their attitude to it 
So although people are saying, well, you didn't heal them, I have in other ways. I've healed them emotionally, mentally. And that can be just as important. So there's so many aspects to healing. And to learn it properly and to do it just from the heart is an amazing gift. When I heal somebody, I always look at their eyes when they come round. And the eyes are the gateway to the soul, but you can see so much when somebody's coming out of a healing session. And you can see their, uh, their emotion. You can see where they've been. You can see confusion within them. You can see what's happened to me. It's amazing. And I like to see that. And it gives me a bit of an uplift then. And see, what you've got to realise is you're only working for spirit. But as long as you remember you're part of a team. Because if spirit don't turn up, nothing happens. And this is it. It's like being in... Yeah, money's nothing. Um, I work in about 60-70% of what I do, I do free. Because people can't, not everyone can afford it. But when I do it free, spirit look after me in other ways. I will always be rewarded in some way when I need it. And this is it. So, and my life's enhanced all the time for it. Any other questions? When you go, when you go into trance, does it affect your own personality? No, um, when, I, when I go into transit, like I'm into a deep meditation actually, I, I set my intention and then I just connect, invite the team to come and I just go down and I step back and just allow them to come in. I take nothing more to do with it then and I feel the, end, the spirit entering and things like that. I feel the guides coming in and working. And then all of a sudden, I feel their energy going, I know it's finished, so I come back. And I buzz after it. I must admit, when I've done a good day of healing, like when I come here, I come here once a month, and I'll do quite a few healings in that room. But I'm buzzing for about four hours after I go home. It doesn't drain me, it lifts me all the time. Because every time you do a healing, you get a little bit back. This is spirit's way of turning you into an addict so you'll keep at it. <laughs> you become a healing addict. If I don't heal for a couple of days, I start to miss it. No, and it is. And a couple of years ago, they actually stopped me for a couple of weeks. Uh, I'd been doing too much. And they said, you've got to stop. You cannot do any healings now for 14 days. And I thought, yeah, okay. And they went, you will suffer. By the end of the 14 days, I was climbing walls. And then on the 14th day, I'm at Circle, and I thought, I can heal now. And it's half past nine when the Circle finished, we used to do healing on each other, and I went, I can heal now. And the Spirit went, no, you can't. It's up until midnight. And I thought, that's been pedantic. But I'd done it, and yes, I got the plus afterwards. And this is it. Um, it doesn't take anything out of me whatsoever. I take out myself more driving to go to the things than I do, but the actual healing to me only seems to take seconds. 
it doesn't take any energy off me. And this is a thing people have got to realise. There's many ways of healing, and one of them is, we said it earlier, magnetic healing, where you give of your own energy. And you're there, and you're, you're not connected. And you're giving that healing to that person. They will feel fantastic. After it, you will feel drained. And that person is wonderful. They've gone out, thank you, they've got a great healing. An hour later, they're back to where they were because your energies wore off them. So you've got to be careful and make sure you do your grounding, do your connecting. Connect with the source every time. And otherwise it will drain you. Can I just ask, when you go into trance, is there any chance that you may come across Hypnotherapy is a, 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 a line between the two. The, um, well, there's a lot of similarities so because it's it's altered mind states, and this a lot of my friends that are in trance are actually hypnotherapists, and even when I'm healing and I'm taking people into that altered state, there's a bit of trance work, a bit of hypnotherapy comes into it. When I tell you to relax and things like this. Uh, I use my voice to make you relax, to take your brain down to relax. And then I go in and just let them do it. But yeah, there's a, it's only altered mind states. See, I hate the word trance because people get this impression that you're unconscious. When I'm healing, I'm in an altered state, but I can hear everything that's in the room. I can see, I can look around and see. I'm more, I'm more aware of things, I'm 110% more aware. But it's not a case of you could walk behind me and I wouldn't notice it or anything like that. I'm fully focused. So it doesn't do me any damage. And then, depending on how deep I need to go, I just take myself down. Like a meditation, you just keep going down. So, and when, when you're in a trance state, your hypnotist will talk you down to a depth that you need to be in to get the work out of you. So there's not a lot of difference. But I've never been trained in hypnotherapy because I'm not going to run about the stage like a chicken. I'll go on. But it's... Um, earlier on you were talking about talking in tongues and that. Some of the churches where they do the talking in tongues. 16-year-old... Um, this one was a bit of a rebel. My father had told me at 15, I hated church, I was made to go every Sunday. And he said, when you're 15, you can give up Sunday school and all that. And I thought, fantastic. My 15th birthday, I didn't get up. And he went, what are you doing in bed? And I said, I'm 15, don't you go to church? Because I didn't say that. I said, you can find, you didn't have to go to that church, but you will find a religion. You will go every Sunday. So I experimented and I found a happy slappy clappies, healed in Pentecostal. And as a teenager, he went into this meeting and they're there with guitars, drums, microphones singing. It was brilliant, energy was through the roof. And I thought, this is for me. And within a year, I was actually given sermons. And I experienced giving the, the talking in tongues. And the first time I had it, it worried me. And the second time, somebody next to me, and I went and touched it and said, oi. And it threw me across the room, the energy. And 
I was so into it that I wanted to actually become a missionary. And then I found out the pastor was a hypocrite, so I walked away, never to go back to spiritual again until I was in my 50s. But um, yeah, that was, that was my introduction to religion, uh, where I learned about energy. Because when we're singing, it lifts the energy right up. When we're laughter, the energy's right up. And even when, you, when I do healings at times, sometimes people think I'm a bit of a, a nutter because I, I'll laugh and joke. It's only to get that energy up. And nothing wrong with it. Now, people say that's a bit disrespectful. No, it's not. I respect spirit more than anyone, or as much as anyone. But you've got to do things at times to raise the energy. When we sit in our trans group, I call it karaoke in the dark. I've got no lights on, play music, and everybody sings. Don't matter how bad a singer you are, nobody can see you in the dark. <laughs> but it lifts the energy. And you see, healing is just working with the energy. It's working with the energy. Any more questions, anyone? Can I ask about spirit guides, please? Yes. Right, nine out of ten, when you're healing, well, say nine out of ten, it's probably ten out of ten. When you're actually healing, remember when you go for healing, your guides are coming with you. Your guides are with you all the time. You've got your main guides with you. And quite often, when I'm healing, my guides will come in, and if the person that I'm healing is quite developed, it's amazing how their guides will sometimes come in and actually assist. And they will, you will feel it. And you will know it as well. And they will say, well, my guide was there. But another thing is, one of the things when I'm trans-healing, quite often I will be aware that my guide is talking to your guide at soul level, which changes the depth of the healing. Because you think you're getting a physical healing, and then all of a sudden you go home and your mind starts changing. No, I've got to change the ways I'm looking at this. This is where the soul guides are talking to each other because uh, your guides are involved as much as mine are any more any more questions anyone okay that's all I think. Yep. yep thank you thank you for listening <coughs> thank you Brian that was fantastic um, ladies and gentlemen